Welcome, everyone, to Fearlessly Feral Living. This is the Reverend Karen Lindsley broadcasting to you from the Woogie Ranch out here in the back 40 of northwestern Nevada, where I'm a half an hour away from the nearest gas station and the nearest grocery store. This is Episode 7, Season 2. Why Season 2? To be honest, I was not going to do seasons with this podcast. I was just going to go for it. But things happen. My last podcast was in July, about five months ago maybe six. There's a reason for that. My husband passed away on August 30th of this year. I got started on the podcast. I got six episodes published and he got sicker and sicker. And all of a sudden I found myself with a husband in home hospice needing 24-7 care. And then he died and there I was a grieving widow. Coupled with that, the COVID pandemic and sometimes being asked to shelter in place. And things like podcasting just took a back seat for a while. I actually went on a sabbatical from all of my ministry work. But here I am back at it again, and I'm very happy and grateful to be back. And of course, grief is prominent in my consciousness right now. And I think it's prominent in the consciousness of all of us as well. So I thought a podcast on grief might be just the ticket. The official title of this episode is Good Grief or Good grief or just good grief. Say it however you wish, but let's face it. I imagine most of us have something to grieve about. I'll be honest here. I've hemmed and hawed and second guessed myself about whether or not to publish this podcast. Hell, I've even second guessed myself about whether to even prepare for it. Guess what? Indecisiveness is a nice little side benefit of the process of grieving, and I'll address that in a bit later on. A hint. With all shadows, there's a light side as well. There wouldn't be a shadow if there wasn't light. But before I get into that, I want to talk about why I think this is an excellent time to do a podcast on grief. I could just make it short and sweet and say, hello, can you say 2020? I bet there isn't a one of you who can say that have not experienced a loss this year. We've experienced a loss of lifestyle, a loss of faith, a loss of loved ones, a loss of job. You name it, the losses are there. And then there's folks like me who've lost our loved ones, which means at the time of this recording, my husband's been gone for three months. He went in August. He didn't die of COVID. He died of cancer, but he died. He got diagnosed with cancer the day after our wedding, which happened almost three years ago. So we spent the entirety of our very short marriage dealing with a life-threatening illness. So we've all lost something. So yeah, grieving might be indicated for us. And before I get into the proper process in grieving, oh my God, don't don't get activated, don't go. Before I get into that, I want to throw in some disclaimers. I dared to mention a while back that I was contemplating doing a podcast and, oh my God, even a workshop on grief. You should have heard the pushback. You should have seen the pushback. There were folks who said no one was going to tell them how to grieve. Folks who tried to be gentle about it and say, well, grieving is a personal thing. Folks who said there's no right or wrong way to do grief. Wow. Oh my God. So here's the deal. None of that is what this podcast is about. I'm not, nor would I ever suggest to anyone how to grieve. I'm only sharing my experience and what I have learned about it in the hopes that it might help if someone chooses to utilize it. The truth is I've successfully dealt with losses throughout my lifetime. In fact, I've become so good at dealing with loss that at one point I had to examine my own consciousness and my own beliefs around loss and decide whether I wanted to continue to believe that I could only 
succeed in life if I began with a loss? That's a topic for another podcast. I've been blessed to have been able to work with people both one-on-one and in groups around successful recovery from losses of all kinds. I have that tiny little thing called a master's degree which gave me both a splendid education in matters such as grief work and also a ministerial license. And ministers are really good with grief sometimes. (laughs) It turns out matters of faith have much to do with the grieving process. Have you ever had a loss and gotten angry at God? That's a matter of faith, guys. So I'm going to ask you just to keep an open mind here. None of what I'm about to say is meant to discount any of your experiences in any way. I'm just going to talk about grief and how I've dealt with it and how you might be able to deal with it. And I'm going to talk about some other things. And hopefully by the end of the podcast, you'll be thinking enough about what I've spoke of that it will motivate you to move into some beautiful openings in your life. Because what on earth can all these losses be about if we don't move into the openings created by them? This is how grief gets good. And I say this with full knowledge that grief doesn't have a schedule and it certainly does not live up to any kind of formula that anyone has ever presented to us. Even Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who came up with those almost infamous stages of grief in 1969, also said later that she regretted that her stages of grief had been misunderstood. She did not come up with those stages for survivors. She came up with them as a result of working with dying people. The stages are for the dying, not the living. And in case you're not familiar with them, here they are. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. If you're still here breathing air and occupying physical space, these stages might not be for you. If you're in hospice, check them out. They might apply. So let's explore grief from a different point of view, shall we? And in case you haven't figured it out by now, there's no right or wrong way to do grief, except the only wrong way is not to do it at all. And by doing it, I mean experiencing the full range of feelings, the anger and the peace, the sadness and the laughter, the loss of faith and the faith, the frustration and the acceptance, the indecisiveness, the absent-mindedness, the full roller coaster ride of emotions. The only way to do grief improperly is not to allow yourself to fully feel all the feelings that come up. And here are a couple clues that will tell you that you haven't fully grieved. You're stuck. In other words, you're still reliving the loss. You're still wanting to go back to life the way it was before the loss. You're still romancing life the way it was before the loss. You have a lack of forgiveness about the loss. You're not moving forward. You can't allow the loss to move on. You haven't moved into the openings. You might not even have been able to think about openings or a new way of being or new ways of showing up in the world. And notice that I have never suggested you forget about the loss or get closure. Oh my God, there's no such thing. There's no closure to this. There's no way we were going to forget about our losses. Losses about acknowledging and fully feeling the feelings and expressing them in appropriate ways and then moving into the gifts and the openings created by the loss. No, I am not in any way, shape or form implying that you will ever get over what the loss is. I'm just presenting a way to live easier with it. A way to live successfully, full and fully through the grief, not to hide it. After all, the point of this entire podcast is to be able to live fearlessly feral. And we can't do that if we're actively grieving a loss. So I'm going to share with you some of the things I went through in the time leading up to my husband's transition and since then. And I share this only because I think it might help 
help some of my listeners out there, maybe even you. I have a feeling you might be able to identify. I also want to share that I've done quite a bit of research into grief, and it seems, again, contrary to popular opinion, there's no such thing as a stage of grief, not for us living folks anyway. There is, however, a lot of stuff that we get to look at and move through. So again, you might have lost a loved one due to divorce or death. You might have lost possessions. You might have lost a career or a job. You might have lost a lifestyle. You might have lost a home. You might have lost faith. You might have lost your hope. You may have experienced more than one or all of these losses. I don't know that the nature of the loss matters. What matters is what happens after the loss and what we do with what happens. Because we have to do something. If we don't address it, we risk staying in grief mode. And that is not pretty. It is possible to feel better. And even better than that, it is possible to move into what I like to call the next greatest level of existence. So I really hope I've covered all the disclaimers. Oh my goodness, people like to rebel against this thing called grief. I hope you heard them. So here's what I experienced in the months leading up to and after the death of my husband. By the way, I've experienced these things a lot in life. Not just the death of my husband. That's just the most recent loss. Here we go. Anger, relief, absent-mindedness, extreme tiredness, but inability to sleep at night, and the roller coaster ride and indecisiveness. So a new thought, we like to say that we turn away from conditions. In the case of grief, we might translate that as moving on, looking to the bright side, turning toward the light. Okay, yeah, we can do that when it is time. But really, consider that turning away from conditions does not mean ignoring them or stuffing them or pretending they aren't happening. It doesn't mean we're going to make it any more or less real if we continue to look at it or not look at it. In fact, it's a very peculiar form of spiritual bypass if we refuse to do our grief work properly. Consider instead that turning away from conditions might mean that we refuse to allow those conditions to have power over us. We still have to feel the feelings and it's okay to feel those feelings, but we don't have to allow those losses to have power over us. That's the whole key behind fearlessly feral living, by the way. So let's take some of those things I experienced and see if you can identify. Let's look at anger. You are, or have been, or will be, angry. You just are. That's part of loss. We get angry at it. It's okay. Not only is it okay, but it's normal. And contrary to what we are told by some faith traditions and some spiritual teachings, anger is okay. What is not okay is acting out that anger in various appropriate ways. What is not okay is telling ourselves we shouldn't be angry. That's nonsense. That's spiritual bypass of the worst kind. It doesn't matter what you're angry at. It doesn't matter why you're angry. What matters is that you acknowledge it and you don't judge yourself harshly because of it and you allow it to move through you. Find appropriate ways to express it. Cry, yell, do something physical that elevates your heart rate. Write it all down in a big fat hissy fit huff and then burn the pages. I've even watched shoot-em-ups on the TV and imagined that the bad guys are the object of my anger and I watch them go up in smoke. Yes. Anger is a part of loss and a part of grief, and it's okay to be angry. What isn't okay is to deny it. It's not okay to go out and kill somebody behind it, but it is okay to be angry. Here's another thing. I felt relief. 
After my husband died, I also felt relief after my mom died. And then I felt guilty about that. What's up with that? Because we're told by society we aren't supposed to feel relief when they go. Again, I think that's nonsense. If someone is so sick, they can't do any of the things that make life worth living. And their quality of life is not only really bad, but really there is no quality. That wouldn't it, couldn't it, shouldn't it even be a relief that they go? If their way of life as a society was so bad that so many people were so dissatisfied and so unhappy. Shouldn't it and couldn't it be a relief that we are being forced to change what used to pass for normal in our society? I think so. I think so. Somewhere in all of this mess is compassion. I began to feel compassion for my husband and what he went through. And then I began to feel compassion for myself so I could stop judging myself for my feelings. In much the same way as a society, we can begin to feel compassion. We can begin to feel compassion for ourselves and for others. I'm really wanting to go off on a tangent here about privilege and all that kind of stuff, but I won't. I'm going to stay on topic here. I'm going to stay with the script. Maybe I'll return to that later. Here's another thing that happens during grief, at least for me, and other people have reported it happens for them too. Absent-mindedness. I call this one widow's brain. And yes, I'm having some fun with this. And yeah, I do find my fun in weird places. Other people who've done the grieving process have told me this one's a pretty big one. We get forgetful and spacey. Those of us who are actively grieving might be very familiar with those things. What I know about myself is that whenever I'm processing anything, I get very absent-minded. There's nothing to be done about this except write everything down and try to be careful. And I say careful because for me anyway, I also get very klutzy when I'm processing anything. I've run into doors. I've fallen down the stairs. I've done all of it cold stone sober. It's actually quite humorous. So try to see the humor in things and try not to hurt yourself while you're at it. I've asked my friends, uh, what did we talk about the other day? And they know me well enough to know that I don't ask the question because I didn't pay attention when we were having the conversation. They know about widow's brain. They laugh and they give me a reminder or two and I'm good to go. If we can't laugh at this stuff, we can cry at it. Either way is fine. But the absent-mindedness is real. Just go with it. Here's another one. Disruption in sleep patterns. I got a phone call from another minister right after my husband died. And we had a chat she specializes in grief work. We had a chat and she said, how are you sleeping these days? And I said, well, to be honest, not so good. And she said, honey, that's going to go on for a good year. And I thought to myself, oh man, really? No, I don't want this to go on for a whole year. But the truth is I began to experience a disruption in my sleep patterns before my husband died. I would wake up in the middle of the night totally done with sleep. Instead of judging it and fighting it, I learned to get up and go do something non-physical. You don't want to do anything physical because that'll just get you going. Get up and do something non-physical. I know another lady who used to wake up in the middle of the night and she would write entire curriculums willy-nilly. They'd just come out in the middle of the night. So make use of that if you're waking up in the middle of the night. It's okay. Again, honor it. It's okay. We have to honor all this stuff that we go through when we're grieving. We're all grieving right now. Let's talk about indecisiveness a little bit. 
You might not even be able to decide what you want for dinner. It's okay. It's okay not to eat if you can't decide. Definitely don't try to make any big deal decisions while you are actively grieving. Wait a bit. Because if you are actively doing this thing called grieving, when you emerge, you will not be the same person you were going into it. So wait a bit to make those big decisions because they might not fit the new you. Again, it's okay. Just allow it. Then there's this roller coaster ride. This is the ups and downs of emotions. Literally crying one moment, laughing the next. Literally singing with joy one moment and then feeling waves of self-pity the next. Sleeping for 15 hours in a day and then not sleeping for two days. Eating ravenously and then having no appetite at all. Joy one hour, then sadness the next. If we weren't careful, we could get motion sickness from this roller coaster ride. Again, honor it. Lean into it. Leaning into it is something that's kind of difficult to explain, but basically we allow it. We don't fight it. We just go with it. Let yourself cry if you need to do so. Giving your circumstances, if you're on your way to work, you might want to put that on the shelf until you get off. Remember that fighting things makes them stronger. What you resist persists. So just go with it. Just allow whatever emotions want to come up, let them come up and let them pass through. Also talk to your friends. Tell them what's going on with you. They don't need to respond. They just need to listen. I also took to telling my friends that during this time of active grieving, if we set an appointment for something social, it was always subject to rescheduling if on the day of the appointment I was having a down day. If that roller coaster ride had taken a dip, it was okay to reschedule my social appointments. Work things are another matter, but the social appointments... It's okay to reschedule. Just honor it. Be gentle with yourself. In a perfect world, we'd go on sabbatical for a few months after a huge loss. It's not possible to do that here. The entire world is grieving. It's not possible for all of us to go on sabbatical. Although, you might consider that that little pesky little bug called COVID, that little virus, it's forcing us to take a sabbatical of sorts. Do what people do when they're on sabbatical. They rest, they vision, they look at how they want their lives to be when they come out of a sabbatical and then they come out of the sabbatical when it's time, a new person and a new being. That's what this grief thing is for right now. So do what you can with it. Some helpful things about dealing with grief. Yes, do write about it. I return to a spiritual practice that I don't always do except when um, it's indicated by big deal stuff in life. It's called Morning Pages. You may know of them if you've done any studying of the work of Julia Cameron. She revealed these first in her book called The Artist's Way. This is also sometimes called Stream of Consciousness Writing. Basically, it goes like this. We write in longhand three pages of whatever. It doesn't have to be legible. You aren't going to go back and revisit it. It doesn't even have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just about getting the emotions out of you and onto the paper. When you do this, you clear the way, and a clear path makes for an easier grieving process. A clear path opens the channels for a new consciousness that I've been speaking to throughout this podcast. Last but not least, let's do talk a little bit about faith. If you're angry at God, 
Consider that that might be misdirected anger. Consider that instead God is the one thing that can carry us through this thing called grieving. It's the one thing that can give us comfort. It's the one thing that can allow us to open up to new ways of living and being after a loss. God is the most important fact in our lives, but it isn't to blame. The reality is there's nothing and no one to blame. It just is. Blame only keeps us in the problem. The grief process inherently contains a channel to open up to new and wonderful things in our lives. And God plays a very important role in that. God gives us strength and power and feelings of peace and eventually even feelings of joy and being okay. So here's how to put the good into grief. Take the time, make the time to become aware that you are really grieving. This worldwide pandemic thing we've got going on, yes, it's a huge loss for everyone. Really, the entire world is grieving. Lifestyles have changed. I don't think they'll ever get back to what passed for normal before. The good part is that we get to create a new normal. Some other little tidbits. In this new awareness that you have developed about yourself, don't judge yourself. View yourself with compassion. Be gentle with yourself. Honor all of those feelings. And consider that in all loss, there is always simultaneously an opening for something new to be born. And consider that you are at choice as to what you want that new thing to be. Reach out to people, ask for help, allow them to help you, talk with them, listen to them, let them listen to you. Accept those casseroles they bring over with grace and eat them. And if you don't like them, don't say anything, just thank them and move on. They're doing the best they can. By the way, I liked all the casseroles, everything anybody brought me. I loved it all. I'm just saying. Receive everything with gratitude. So that's what I have on grief for you. I hope you gained some benefit from this episode. I hope that in the grief process that I suspect you must be feeling, that you can allow all the feelings to come and be, that you can accept, that you can be gentle with yourself, that you can experience it all. I hope that you're able to think about God a lot and find things to be grateful for. And I hope you will agree with me in affirming that this too shall pass and in its place will be something new and wonderful. I guarantee it. And so I thank you for listening. And I know that it is no accident that you are here. And I affirm your greatest. I affirm your inherent divinity and that that divinity shows up in your life as wisdom and prosperity and peace and unconditional love. And I know that you are the place where God shows up in this world and I love you and I support you. Fearlessly Feral Living is sponsored by the Center for Spiritual Living, Carson City, Nevada, which is a teaching chapter. Our mission is to provide a strong and unshakable inner foundation that works for long-term successful living. Our purpose is activating inner self-awareness to live unlimited lives. And our vision is a world in which everyone lives fearlessly feral. If you wish to contribute financially to support this mission, you can go to www.cslcc.org. That is cslcc.org and click on the donate button. Or you can go to our Patreon page. Fearlessly Feral on Patreon and become a member for as little as $2 a month. You can also join our private Facebook group called Fearlessly Feral Living, where we discuss podcast topics and other things too. I'd love to hear from you. 
And until next time, I am knowing fearlessly feral living for you and for me. Thank you very much.